0: Welcome back and welcome to 2021. Uh, Congratulations on getting through 2020. Happy New Year to everyone in the home health care and durable medical equipment and respiratory industry. Uh, Eric Michelson here with DME Coach, and we are excited to jump into the new year. Things have been crazy here the first week. At our medical supply but that has that that seems to be part of the course this week we were the last medical supply in central washington to still have oxygen concentrators so uh kick me in the foot i i did a great job ordering oxygen concentrators in previous months when we had them but i forgot to order my e-tank cart. so you win some you lose some next epidemic i will learn from that but Let's, um, a a few months ago, I had the opportunity of doing a little bit of teaching with Sarah Hanna from ECS Billing and Consulting, and we were talking about what makes a great team and how to build into our team members. And in this podcast slash teaching episode, uh, we get into what does that look like? So as you, granted, we want to get through this epidemic, but in the process of getting through the epidemic, in the process of working with our team members, how can we invest in them as they do life at the same time? So I'm happy to bring back to the DME Coach Podcast, Sarah Hannah with ECS Billing & Consulting, one of my favorite people in the industry, and just really enjoy listening to her and take notes what it takes and what it looks like to build an amazing team at your store. Hey, I am here with uh, Sarah Hannah, And uh, Sarah Hannah is my better half in the DME world. <laughs> she is the uh, um, CEO of ECS North. How long has it been, Sarah, that we've been working together?
1: You know, you keep asking me that, and I keep thinking it's probably longer than what it is. But is it, well, how old is Nils? He was just a baby, so it's got to be eight years. I I just have to gauge it off of him.
0: Absolutely, so we've been working side by side for eight years, and I wish it was 16 because I would have been profitable eight more years had I started working with you earlier, (laughs) and uh, I asked you, hey, today we're just going to do a quick presentation on building a healthy company structure and kind of some of the tips of the trade and and the what and why you do at ECS North and what makes your company so profitable and, and the same thing and how it applies on the DME world that I've used at Howard's Medical Supply. We're up to 80, uh, it's not 80, uh, 60 team members now and uh, hey let's dive into it and we're just, we'll have a just a conversation. Does that sound like a good plan
1: Sarah? I think it sounds wonderful. I'm excited. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you you. So let me share my screen. And
0: uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about leading our company with four key elements. And we've kind of figured out over the years, sometimes by trial and error, four key elements that we have used with our companies to keep them from dying. Because I was, one of the things that I thought about in regards to running a company is, it's a lot like building an orchard. And I I say that because the owner of our company has an orchard. And if I had a bad apple and just, um, if you were to see me in the field, just yelling at the apple, Sarah, you'd just say, Eric, you're crazy. Why are you yelling at the apple? That's not how you get better apples. You, You get better apples by uh growing them and fertilizing them planting them in a good place you name it and then you get good fruit and having a profitable company and running a good business is the same what do you think sir
1: oh i agree i mean you can be that uh crazy man or crazy woman on the street yelling at that apple and people will be pointing at you as they drive by what is wrong with that person and i think sometimes when people are leaders in their company you know, when they get frustrated with the results or frustrated with the situation, maybe it's not the person, um, you know, that they're in talking with, it's the situation and they let their frustration go right at that person and thinking the more I yell at them to show how important that is, the more uh, performance I'll get from them because they know how important it is. And that's not how to drive profitability, production, sales, and an engaged workforce.
0: Oh, and you are exactly right.
1: And uh, one of the things,
0: you know, and and this slide says, what do you do with an underperforming team member? You know, what what do we do? So, you know, Sarah, if you have an underperforming team member at ECS, or let's say you're consulting with me in my medical supply, and I have an underperforming team member, what do you do?
1: Well, the first thing is, is that you have to get to the root of the problem, because it's probably more than what you can see so you have to have built that trust with that person you have to make have made them feel that they can talk with you and communicate with you honestly and candidly so that takes just like you said you can't be get to the apple unless you have the seeds first so you have to nurture that relationship so that they feel comfortable talking to you about what is the actual issue Um, you know it could be anything from They may not have fully understood the training that was given to them. It could be that there's a major issue personally that is affecting their concentration level at home. But unless they trust you and unless they know that they can be honest with you and that you have good communication and you've proven yourself as a leader, you can't make that underperforming person reach their potential so it's the building of that relationship, those relational nutrients that start that, t- uh, that person to develop. And then you can find out what is the real cause of the problem for the underperformance.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right. I had a team member. It was uh, about eight years ago now. He was really, really talented, great with people. And I had him running my inventory and he just couldn't get it. He couldn't get the min-max right. He couldn't get the POs in. I'm like, what is going on? And I talked with him, I taught him, I lectured him, I I did everything. I was ticked. And finally, um, and he would sit back on his desk and he really did try hard. He actually he had he had a wife, he had six kids at home, and he would get into like he'd drink his first monster at seven thirty AM. His oh. second monster at oh. and his third monster at like one. Oh and wow. He'd get up. <laughs> and at the end i had him on a uh, on a rehabilitation plan he had been written up and finally at about 2 p.m. one day we just got at him i was yelling at him he was yelling at me and i fired him and to this day he is the one team member i think i have fired because of monster like literally he was so amped up from having too much caffeine i was being a doofus and i um I didn't realize, hey, he's trying to take care of his family and his kids. He can't figure this out. I I missed it. So he had the stresses of life, and I fired him due to Monster. And, you know, granted, it was his fault. It really was my fault because I didn't realize it. But it was one of those things. That was, you know, eight-plus years ago. I missed it. I still remember after I uh, let him go, I kicked in a door. And I'm like, that was dumb. Did it? Did I fix it by yelling? No, I actually made matters worse, and one of his buddies quit too. Uh-huh. Uh, my inventory problem wasn't fixed, and he was unemployed and actually went to go work at one of my competitors. Oh, jeez, Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, yelling at things does not <laughs> necessarily fix things. Yeah. I'm big into psych, and, and what I mean by, I just like to know how God's created our brain. So, if you think, like, what stresses us out, and like, even me, did I lock the front door? When's my mom's birthday? Hey, I have an exam next week. I'm in the process of getting my master's. Uh, how do I change those settings on my Mac again? Oh, where did I put my wallet? And get this: last night I woke up at 2 a.m. and I'm walking around my house saying, "Man, it's kind of chilly." I literally am walking around my house last night. The garage door was left open. Oh wow! <laughs> so here, but it makes sense. It you know we're recording this on a Saturday, but literally so many things going on it's really easy for us we have so much going into our brains we're running a company if we don't equip our leaders our brains can only do so much and you can be like me dang forgot to close the garage door. right
1: yeah I yeah
0: I'm cold.
1: well you know it's funny when you say that i mean you know we do have a lot going on in our lives and there's so much more that's requiring our attention than ever before and um, when you're talking about the, the brain and how it works, I am glad you're younger than me that you're, you're experiencing these challenges because I'm like sometimes like, oh man, is it my age? But, you know, um, the thing about the brain is that we're always able to continually learn. And when you look at those ghosts of uh, terminations or hires past and evaluate them and learn from them and morph and change, then you help become a a better leader if you actually analyze and look at how can i become better you know and i think that's a huge aspect of the um our leadership journey as we go through this
0: don't don't you wish you'd have those answers uh you know that that we have after many years in business and all the war wounds and every every mistake i make i swear i lose ten thousand bucks because oh that was expensive either time you plan training or buying inventory or leadership material Um, and and i put this slide up you know how do we grow our business and you know i i'm out of yakima washington large egg area but even you know whether you're outside in in a major cincinnati ohio or chicago or los angeles the egg metaphor still works we have seeds you have your trees And then you have your fruit. Now, Sarah, tell me how, you know, when you grow team members within your business, or let's say as you consult with other organizations, how do you look at, you know, nutrients and growing great team members?
1: Well, you know, first, my I've been in the industry and business for a lot of years, and my management style and the way I look at things has totally morphed. And I've really learned to attack problems differently over the years. How I looked at them 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago are, is just so different to include my consulting style has changed from, you know, my first few consulting engagements to now. And I really think that it comes to um, when you're consulting and as well as with your own company, it goes back to that building of that trust and on a consulting engagement, I have to do that in a very short period of time because I have to interview various team members and I'm on a schedule, you know, I might be able to spend an hour and a half with one person, two hours with another, 45 minutes with another. And in that time, I feel like I'm like the Spanish Inquisition because I'm just asking questions, but I'm trying to get from the broad issue and drill down in that hour and a half, you know, 45 minute time frame. And of course, hey, I don't know their companies intimately when I go into it, but you know, um, I've got a job to do and I need to glean the most information in the shortest amount of time. So I think first is, and I've actually really focused on this in the last year and a half in my organization is really getting in the shoes of that person, really feeling their experience and truly trying to gain that understanding rather than looking at it from my perspective. I've got to flip it and look at it from their perspective. And in doing so, that helps to build the trust. I've got to be very open in my communication style because if I show certain uh, mannerisms or if I show, say certain words, that verbiage can be thought to be um, accusatorial, or, or condescending, or arrogance, And
0: that, because you you just nailed three things. You're like, I was just trying to tell them you put this modifier over here and you do this because you need the CMN. And they're like, no, Sarah, you looked at us wrong and you're condescending.
1: Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you can't win for losing. But yeah, I think that's the main, the foundation is the key. And whether I'm consulting or leading my own team, I really have to work hard to build that trust and that trust, that openness, that communication, and that they truly know I care about them and I want them to win and thereby them winning. I'm going to win. So I've got to lead the charge and be the role model and also provide those, you know, relational nutrients that will help build that beautiful apple.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, even with our team members, for me, it's been, it's really helped me realize that there's a maturation process. So, you know, even if this in this picture, we have seeds, we have a infant tree, and then we have a full grown tree. Uh, We just hired a new CSR. His name's Jake, he won't mind me using his name. And by the way, yesterday was awesome. Yesterday was uh, Halloween. And he dressed up as Jake from Steak Farm. It was awesome. He had the cat had the red shirt <laughs> and he's already buying the mission vision but when he started yeah, that's awesome last month i just said he's like i want to do this boss i want to do this i'm like dude this is your honeymoon you literally just have to show up for work the first two weeks you can't screw this up unless like you don't show up for work i mm-hmm. saw i see him as the seat i expect nothing out of do right. it in take it in now at three months when our training process is over, I expect him to be an infant tree. He better at least be able to get, meet and greet our customers, get basic information in a bright tree and do that. I don't expect him to be a full grown tree for actually one to two years. And when I say full grown tree, I'm talking maybe team lead material, if that's what he's up to and understanding everything but it makes sense you know you, you don't say hey i plant the seeds today hey jake i hired you unless you hire him from you know a competitor of yours there is a maturation process
1: Absolutely. and
0: on the base level of you know a tree You have the soil and these would be the three key nutrients. I call them grace, truth, and time. And here's, here's our, at Howard's, our communication staff. And on the left is Lizzie. She's all of 16 years old. You say, well, of course, she's just learning how to take care of customers. And, you know, they, they, you know, Gregory, who's the team lead, he's On his second job, he's figuring things out. He's a great leader. He's inspiring uh, Lizzie. uh, To Gregory's left is Tyanne. She's my head of HR, so she's, you know, encouraging them. And next to her is Rochelle. They work together as a team, but they understand that, I I just love there's grace. This means, hey, when Lizzie or actually any of them, you know, make mistakes in business or with a customer, hey, we need to offer grace to one another right truth gregory knows hey we've got to you can't just say hey i'm doing a great job at work i had a sarah you know the story i had a team member number of years ago he thought he was doing a great job and we pulled his mm-hmm. call log and he was doing eight phone calls a day he was in communication doing eight a day and the truth of the matter was he just got distracted. He'd go on a bathroom run. He would then talk to so-and-so. He'd then figure this out. And I'm like, I had to let him go because the truth of the matter was he could not answer the phone. And then the last one is time. And this is why, at least with our company, our profit sharing, the number one thing that comes into profit sharing is the number of time they've been with Howard's Medical because they have just the general experience. And my team members that have been with me five plus years, Usually do you know two to three times as much work as my younger team members because time factors. Same thing with trees. Right. Uh, so how do, how do you treat things at ECS or as you consult with other companies? What what are what are things that you look with team members?
1: Well, you know, when you're looking at their timeframe within a company, it is uh, one huge learning curve, and so there does have to be that huge grace uh, time. Of getting them oriented and understanding. I mean, the truth of the matter is, most people who come into our industry, they have no clue what we do, you know. And even if we hire someone from a competitor, it's you almost have to deprogram them. So it's basically starting at the bottom and working back up. They have some concepts, and maybe they might know your software program, but you know, maybe the competitor wasn't doing things the way you wanted them to. So Which you got it. Business and joined you. Yeah, you know, you, you just have to give them that time um, and then help them learn from those mistakes. And one of my uh, favorite books, and especially when I hit those challenging times in business, but it's it's part of this grace time period as well, is, and I've mentioned it in many speaking engagements, but it's The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. And I think I shared that with you as well. I just love that book, especially the audio book. But, you know, when you bring someone on and even when they have that time, that tenure, they're going to hit so so many obstacles in their way. So as they hit those obstacles and they make those mistakes, that's when the grace comes into play. And only by taking on those obstacles does it allow them to um, grow and to mature within the company. And then you look at the KPIs, um, then I think they have more of an opportunity to hit those KPIs because if they make mistakes and there you see that the outcome wasn't, you know, a a blaring boss in their face, and they don't see, you know, them getting fired, they feel that safety that they can take the risks to try something new, to do something different. And then you can hit those KPIs more. And I I have a few statistics that um, in taking these nutrients and this, philosophy of how you and I run our businesses, it brings into full employee engagement. So you take that grace, truth, time and equal that foundation. And if you play your, you know, play it right and you, you mature, they mature with you, you can hit that full engagement. And the statistics are amazing on this. There's 17% higher productivity, 21% higher profitability, 20% higher sales, 41% lower absenteeism and your turnover it goes down dramatically. You know, if you were a high turnover company, then if you implement these you'll slowly hit a 24% lower turnover rate and then if you're a low turnover company and you hit this engagement, you're going to have a 59% lower uh turnover rate. So This is no joke. This is no joke. Mm-hmm.
0: And it, hiring people is expensive, and just by you know dropping rehire rate fifty nine percent, you're putting thousands and thousands of dollars into business owners' pockets yes. by doing that. And exactly, and team members like it because they get paid more, they have job security, and then we like it more because hey, we make more. So it's it's a win 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 once you understand, you know the great. Grace Truth Time Foundation for a really good, healthy team member.
1: Absolutely.
0: Now, now that, you know, the Grace Truth Time is the foundation of things. And the meat of the tree, in my experience, is, you know, what I... We'll call character structure, and I, I and I take this from Dr. John Townsend, who wrote a book called Boundaries, like 20 plus years ago. But he says there's four parts of a tree, and the number one thing is capability. Now we'd all you could also call this talent. Uh, some people will call it adulthood, authority. I think this is one of the easiest things for us to look at with team members because you either have capability or You don't, so we won't spend much time on it. But this is like, as you hire someone, can they figure things out? How quickly do they get through the training period? What is their capability? So all team members must have capability. I had a team member a number of years ago, we did everything and he said, hey boss, how do I print? (laughs) Uh, Really? It's control P. Okay, okay, sounds good. And, And the next, hey, I forgot how to print again. File, print. By the way, he was one of the guys. Like, how did we miss that? He had no capability. Most people, by the time you hire him, you know you've run the typing test and you've figured things out, and they have the capability. Now, this is where the rubber meets the road. The second part of character structure is reality, and this is the integration of truth. And um, this would be your KPIs. Uh-huh. How are they looked at? Are they graded? What do you see, sir, when you when you look at organizations or even at like ECS North with your billing team?
1: Well, you know, um, getting those KPIs and putting them out in front of someone, many people say, okay, well, if I say, um, you have a production of working through 50 denials a day, you have to work uh, all of your rejections within 24 business hours. You have to have an under 10% um denial rate, you have to have a 90% accuracy rate and so forth, you know, they think, okay, now that I've told them, now they're accountable. Now they're going to go do it. Here's your, here's your goal, go after it. But in reality, those numbers and their ability to hit those numbers are all based on the leadership that helps them to hit those KPIs. I mean, again, you have to look at capability. Like you said, if someone actually truly capable of doing it, you know that at a certain time. But there are a lot of capable people out there that aren't hitting those numbers because maybe they're operating out of a sense of fear. So they're questioning themselves all the time. And, or maybe they're doing it out of a sense of fear because they don't have confidence in themselves and their manager did not show them that they as management have confidence in their capabilities. So we can hit that capability, we can show them the reality. And it's our job in that leadership position to help them be capable and to see and experience that reality. And um, then when we see that, you know, just like your gentleman who's only, you know, making eight calls a day in communications uh, when he was supposed to be hitting 80, um, you know, then we have to look at it and say, all right, um, this is your time. Your, your employee life cycle with my company is coming to a close and then you part ways as best as you can on both ends.
0: Absolutely. And th- also the thing with reality, and I think this is really what separates leaders from great leaders, is understanding that people's personal lives come into play in regards to integration. Um, I had a fellow, he's actually one of my current leads. He's amazing. But he came to me from DSHS, which is our state, our state Medicaid yeah. office, and he had been written up. He got put on probation for two years, a desk job doing nothing, Guess that's evidently how government does write-ups. And so when I hired him, I thought he was really talented, but I mean, he just wasn't bringing it. I'm like, man, did I... Did I miss it on him? And what it was is he was just beat up at his previous job. And we kept working with him, building into him. And really, it took a year. And now he's flying. He had to recover from that previous experience. And this was the grace aspect and the truth aspect yeah. and before integrating it because he, he was beat up professionally. Uh, like right. I had a number of team members, unfortunately, um, in their tenure at Howard's, you know, not a lot, but you know, two or three, they they had a divorce. And I pretty much someone told me once, hey, if someone in your organization gets a divorce, as long as you want to keep them, they're gonna be almost worthless for six months while they go through all this personal stuff. And I've noticed with them, you know, they can they can do their base work, and pretty much once they get, get through, get recovered, realize that life's not gonna end they then become a great team member again, but they just had something really lame happen in their personal life. Well, if I just said, hey, hey," you know, Johnny, your KPRs are going down. I know you're having a divorce, but I need to let you go. Well, if I would have just waited three more months, I would have regular Johnny again. Sometimes we need to just wait. And this is the integration aspect. And, you know, we have right now two moms or two people in our workforce that are pregnant. I Honestly, I know. They're going to be thinking about being a mom. Well, I don't want to cast them away because Howard's is pro-mom friendly. So how do you integrate, you know, the business requirements as well as, hey, life happens. Oh, yeah, it's COVID too. Um, Have you noticed that too with, you know, team members that you've worked with?
1: Oh, absolutely. And then not only just in my office space, I've witnessed it when I consult. You know, and you think about it, people are, if you have six months, the business may not be able to handle them not hitting their production or not hitting their accuracy for that six months. So is there another area you can move them that might not be as stressful and you, you know, cross train and maneuver people to save that one really great person that you know is going to be hitting their production later, hitting their accuracy. And sometimes that office can be a much needed, for lack of a better word, escape from the personal issues because You know, and that's one of the things I I worry about um, and about, I've always had remote workers, but so many people are working from home, including most of my team um, with this structure is that you never leave the office, whereas you could leave home and you could leave some of those issues, maybe a little bit, close the door and now I'm in this controlled environment. I know I have to hit these amounts. Yes, there's a different situation that comes with each claim or with each referral call, but this is my safe space. I mean, it can work the opposite. Maybe home's a safe space and they're so stressed out by work. But when we're talking about that personal factor, um, you know, I think we need to find other ways to make someone successful because even though they're going through these challenges at home, everybody needs to see that they are valuable that the work has value, that the work has meaning. And if we can provide that through a different structure, uh, then we're gonna have success even during the worst of times, you know? Um, And I think that's very key is to helping them see their own value by successes. So we gotta celebrate the little moments, those little baby steps that, you know what? It's kinda like sometimes you have to pat yourself on the back because you rolled your butt out of bed right it's like i'm out all right i'm getting a shower good job you know it's the little things that count sometimes
0: listening to that again some of what i hear when i interacted with sarah was integration it's about providing re, re- it's about providing reality it's about clarification with our team members and even customers and vendors what's the perspective How do we offer insight to our team members? How do we give personal feedback and responses? And how do we confront when we actually need to confront to move forward? Uh, That was episode one or the first half of this podcast. Next week, we have the second half of where we're going. And what does it look like to build a really, really successful store and work environment in 2021? Uh, Thanks again to Sarah Hanna, and we'll see you next week for the second half. This has been Eric Michelson with DME Coach. May you take really good care of your customers and even better care of your team members in 2021.